listening to the SLCC podcast series What's on the Agenda. Each episode brings you content created especially for clerks. The shows include question and answer sessions with sector experts, special guests and much more. Learn more about our podcasts by visiting us at slcc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hello, I'm Naomi Beebe and I am at SLCC's Practitioners Conference. I'm joined now by Jane Olds, who is parish clerk to Launton and Caversfield Parish Councils in Oxfordshire. Jane is also the chair of the Oxfordshire branch. She is a parish council internal auditor and she is Silcook qualified. Jane, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Jane, today we're going to talk to you about all things internal audit. Is that right? Absolutely. We're going to hopefully dispel some of those myths that surround internal audits. Yes. So um, for those who are listening who might not know, you're currently working at the moment with SLCC with some colleagues of yours, Deborah O'Brien and Elaine Anstey, who are also clerks and internal auditors. That's right. And we are working to build some course content with a view to developing uh, an internal audit qualification. That's right. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, I can say how it started, I suppose, because, well, I started doing internal audit about four years ago when I realised there was a huge gap in the market for councils that have uh, small councils, particularly the under 25,000 or the ones slightly over, where there are very few internal auditors. I'd qualified from Silka, can't quite go on to community governance for personal circumstance reasons, and I thought, I need to do something what else should I do? And actually, I love governance. I'm a bit sad that way. <laughs> but governance is fun because once you've got that, you can then go on and do other things. So if you've got all that in progress, it just makes life easier. So I realised that doing an... I, I did a basic internal audit course with our county association. I can do this. I really sort of smoothed it out, worked out what I wanted to do. The following year, COVID hit. And okay, how on earth do we handle all this? At the same time, my internal auditor, who also did a wide range all around Oxfordshire, disappeared. So I ended up taking on an awful lot more um, councils than I had planned to in that first year, second year. But it was great because I really worked it out. But I also then, it really highlighted how many councils really need a good internal auditor who understands. And it made me realise that clerks are brilliant and should be brilliant at doing it because they know the job. They know exactly where the pitfalls are. They know the questions to ask. So having looked at my question sheet and discussed it with various people, I thought, right, well, we can do a basic course. So I set up a basic course and I trained some internal auditors last autumn. And from that has grown the thought that we could actually do a proper qualification, which will support clerks around the country, particularly in the smaller AM bracket range. And I'm thinking, you know, even up to 200,000 probably. But if you've got clerks with that experience, they're the best ones for the job often. Yeah. Can you tell me, just 
about the role of the internal auditor. It's quite different from the external auditor. Can you elaborate on that a bit and let's get some clarity? I think there are probably some clerks who are quite worried when they think, oh, I've got the internal auditor coming in. And Absolutely. And I really... I don't like seeing it when count, when clerks say, oh, I'm really worried about the internal auditor coming in because we're not there to hit the council or the clerk over the head with a big stick. We're there to help improve. There's no point going in and sort of saying, you haven't done this. Get it. We can help get you sorted and make sure that your processes are in place for the following year. So what does an internal, internal auditor do? Well, we basically examine the effectiveness and of the council's procedures, the risk management and the controls and the governance. And then we have to relate those questions to the AGAR, the Annual Governance and Accountability Return. Because that is the primary function. Because that's the form that we all have to complete at the end of the year. So tell us about the AGAR you mentioned that for those clerks who might be new to the profession or, you know, they're they're having to fill out their first AGAR form. Tell us about that. So the AGAR, you've got three sections that are completable by either the internal auditor or the council. And then there's a final section which is completed by the external audit if you have an external limited assurance review. The first form you need to have completed is the internal audit form. And your internal auditor has to go through that a huge long list of questions to ensure that the council has put their proper processes in place. Then the council has to agree their annual governance statement. And that has to be done at a meeting. Preferably once they've received the internal audit report, because then they can relate it all together. And then, and those questions, I believe, should be actually asked out loud at a council meeting, because it's the councillors as a corporate body that take responsibility for those questions and answers. And then they have to agree the figures. And it's only at the end that they do agree those figures, but they, the council, again, as a corporate body, has to agree those figures. Thanks. <laughs> um, can you tell us how, or what do you do or how do you help a council if you go in and you're looking at their governance, their processes, policy, maybe there are no policies. I mean, there must be some councils that you go to and you just think, oh my goodness, they're, they're not doing anything they should be doing. How do you go about, you said you don't want to go and hit them over the head with a big stick. How do you go about helping them, guiding them, getting them back on track? And then what's the process for the following year? So the first thing I would do is say, right, let's work out actually what you need. And the primary things, of course, would be getting, making sure you've at least got standing orders and financial regulations that have been through the system and adopted by, you know, get, make sure that they're the NALC ones, the latest NALC ones, and then make sure you have a risk assessment because those are the things that really you need every year. I mean, obviously, you need to make sure you've got your insurance set up. Um, 
and there are other things, but I would I give give a clerk a checklist. And then we'll work through it together and prioritise. So yes, standing orders of financial regulations, if you haven't got those, get them sorted now. There officially is no legal requirement in you know, local government act or whatever, but within JPEG and within the AGAR, the AGAR requires that the, the internal auditor has checked the proper processes against particularly the fun, financial regulations. So that's why you need them. Um, and then you just quietly work through things. And I mean, it can be things as simple as you haven't been registered with the information commissioner. And so many people, why do I need to be registered with the information commissioner? Because you're processing data. It doesn't matter what it is. You receive an email, that's data. And so just take them gently through it. Um, and you hope that once they've and will you provide with them a list of recommendations? Oh, absolutely. The, and then when you go back and see them, you, you're comparing then your own list with what yes. they've done? Yes. So the um, I always will write a report as part of my internal audit um, response. So you obviously you complete the AGAR form, but I will complete a separate form which says gives the reasons for those responses because the external auditor is going to want to know why I've ticked no if I have ticked no or not covered if there's no petty cash. So is that something that all internal auditors would will do or they they should do or they should do whether they do or not is another matter and but it, if um a council is looking for a new internal auditor I would strongly recommend that they get themselves a set of terms of reference which you can actually work out from the um JPAC the joint practitioner's guide. Um, which is available on the SLCC website, um, because that will give you a really good basis. Sections four and sections five of the of JPEG, even if you don't read any of the rest of it, please read that. And it is available every year from the end of March, usually. You you mentioned at the beginning that there are not that many internal auditors out there. That there is a you know a need for more. Good, competent internal auditors yes. in the sector. We're working on that. We are trying to get this training and this qualification in place. Um, but at the moment, is there a community of internal auditors? Is there somewhere you know that you go for information or for reference points? What what did you presumably there are you know a group of you out there? Where do you go? Where do you sh share information and best practice? Great question because. The Internal Auditor Forum has just been set up um, only five or six months ago. And if you go to www.internalauditforum.org.uk, you will be able to find all sorts of useful information. Um, internal auditors are signing up there. Um, they have to pay a joining fee. Um, there are some working through of membership and that sort of thing at the moment that's still going on. But you do have to pay a joining fee and those those internal auditors at least should be experienced in some form or other and have had to sign up to a, a form of code. Um, so we're hoping that starts and they will also have advice on that and they will be meeting fairly regularly um, to discuss other things. And we hope that there will then be a, relation, a reasonable relationship with the external auditors as well and via AAA. 
So just picking up on the external auditors, we've mentioned it a few times now. Can you give us that distinction between the roles of the internal auditor and the external auditor? Yes, I'll try. In a nutshell. (laughs) In a nutshell. The external audit um, is a requirement for all councils over £25,000 income and or expenditure unless they've been called in and they're under that value. They have... A lim- they provide a limited assurance review, and it's a requirement. You don't say you can't do it. If you have your, if your income and expenditure is over twenty five thousand, it's simple. You have to do it. Everybody has, regardless of whether they actually are um, over or under the threshold, must publish their the agar on the website. Um, but you have to actually formally submit it to the external auditors. If you're over twenty five thousand, um, I don't know if you want to tell listeners about the SAAA and the relationship with them. So the SAAA is the Smaller Authorities Audit Appointments Group, and they were formed after oh, uh, about seven years ago. Um, SLCC. Uh, there are three board members um, who are permanent. I think appointed board members, aren't they? Um, and they SLCC appoint one, NALCA appoint one, and uh, the drainage boards appoint one. But there are some other um, um, trustees as well or directors. They appoint all the external auditors for nas- uh, nationally um, for England, as I understand it. So the um, external auditors are um, bid for certain areas within the country and for instance um, we know that um, PKF Little John, Moore Stevens, Mazars and BDO are going to be the external auditors for the next five years. There is a fixed fee depending on how much your um, income and expenditure is. Just wanted to mention that we SLCC we've put in uh, we put in a business case to the SAAA um, to fund the, the sector training and the qualification, and that has now been successful, which is great news. Now, we are hoping to launch this new qualification at our national conference in October, and hopefully you and Elaine and Deborah will also be there with us at conference when we do launch that. Just for listeners, Deborah and Elaine and Jane, who Jane, who's with me today, they are just the most knowledgeable ladies on this subject and they are really pouring all of their knowledge into this. Huge admiration for you all. I do refer to them as the Charlie's Angels of internal audit because they really are. Jane, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for talking to us a bit more about the processes of internal audit. Really thank you for your time and your input in all of this. It's been great having you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.